Welcome to Watch Diary. It is great to be back here with my compadre, my companion, my podcast brother for life, Brando Big Mouth Hall. Brando, how are you today? Yes, Ryan Snelling. It's been a while mm-hmm. since you and I have uh, talked or podcasted together. Mm-hmm. You've been doing, uh, focusing on your uh, horror movie watches. How's that been going? Uh, I'm glad it's over. It was, it was nice for several reasons. It was nice that I could kick back for almost an entire month and not just do anything and just let videos upload magically appear because I had already busted my ass and worked on them. And now it's nice because they're over and now I can take a more of a break from making that kind of content because I, uh, I edited the last one for misery yesterday. So it got... I don't know if anybody cares, but it does take a while. So when you come to edit those, so when I'm especially lazy, it takes even longer. So I kind of like came in under the gun, um, but a little too close for comfort personally, because you also have to worry about uploading it to YouTube and then YouTube finding a problem with it. Uh, But uh, and I guess that could still happen. But anyway, I closed the book on that project yesterday and it was good. Has your fan base been upset that none of the horror movies were Indian? Uh, I mean, those videos still go strong. I'm honestly, I'm ready to get back into Indian cinema with you if you're willing. Hell yeah! It, it might be harder because you know American cinema is about to just ramp up and just. I, I mean, they're about to put the pedal to the floor here. Um, November, December is going to be lights out, but maybe we can squeeze in some uh, Indian cinema. Yeah. So here's a hot take. All right. I could not be more cold. Ice cold. Okay. And I keep seeing you hyping it up on Instagram. Right. This stupid Wakanda forever movie. It's not. It's not good. It's not going to be good. Why do you think that? Because, okay. <laughs> Nothing characters. These these are not your, your A-list characters. Okay? The guy died, right? Super sad. No yep. one's happy about that. He was great. He is. But even that, even Black Panther movie was just okay at best. It's mid. Okay? And I like Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. okay? I think he's great. But I just don't know how, like, Michael B. Jordan's not going to be in it. Right. Because he, he's dead. I mean, not Michael B. Well, Jordan, but de- the character. Depending on who you ask, people think Michael B. Jordan's coming back and he's going to be Black Panther. I think that's the worst storytelling of all time. Um, and I don't think Ryan Coogler uh, has given that a second thought. Now, I, I won't say that I don't think Michael B. Jordan isn't in the movie. I think he could have a role to play because even if it's just like showing him on a news feed or something, like just like an image of Killmonger or a vision yeah. of him, like I, I'm not ruling any of that out, but bringing him back to life and all this kind of get out of here with that. So in that movie, I don't know what it is about him, okay? But he's a he's a handsome boy. Yeah. Handsome man. Handsome man. And extremely attractive and extremely charismatic. Something that I thought 
T'Challa lacked. So we don't have the magic of either of those two on screen. Okay. And, okay, here's... (laughs) Don't cancel me. Just hear me out. I'm listening. It's going to be a bunch of ladies. Right. Right? Okay. So this is going to be... I'm afraid they're going to do what they did with Captain Marvel. And, like, all those girl power scenes, which, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to do that because the characters can stand on their own. They do, we don't need that. Here's my problem with MCU. It's pandering, pandering, pandering. I don't want to see any more pandering. And Ryan Coogler might not do it, but I'm just interested to see, because I don't believe hype. I don't believe all the good reviews that you're posting. Every okay. time you post them, I'm like, ah, ah, who are you? Ah. Uh, and so I'm really interested to see. I'm gonna see the movie. I'll go to theaters to see it. Yeah, but I'm going in expecting to be disappointed. Um, so I I don't think you're crazy in your thought process. I think you're crazy, and this is Brando being Brando. I think you're crazy that you led all of these reasonable, you know, things with it's gonna be bad that's literally how you started at the right. beginning of this conversation so it's that's just, right just take that part out and you've got some valid uh arguments here um yeah. I, th- I think it's gonna be great but he- here's if if you want to go on and just i know we're kind of just getting going here but if you want to have this overall conversation i'm down um i think that there's a couple of reasons as to why i'm excited about this the first one is that I just feel like we've been getting so much shit in the MCU lately. Um, shit being the umbrella term for things that feel inconsequential to the overall narrative of Marvel. Things that don't feel cohesive from project to project, tone to tone. Uh, things that aren't really contributing to each other. I'm all of that. I'm just or just this or just silliness. Just silliness. I and. Yeah, I, I'm over it. So the fact that Wakanda Forever, without a doubt, is the most relevant to the MCU project. It's in the best ways, the most comfortable and most familiar because this is a proven franchise, one of the most beloved franchises of all time. Uh, and I think the second entry will definitely cement that in stone because it's going to make another billion dollars easily. Um, and the fact that we're dealing with like geopolitical issues um, as much as you possibly can in the context of the MCU. Of course, we're going to get some fun action and we're going to get winged mutants uh, that are taking over Wakanda. Um, and I guess maybe one winged mutant. Uh, I don't know. Only I don't know if there's more than Namor. But um, we, get, we get all the wild craziness, but it also feels like going back home in a way. And I think your comment about the characters and stuff. I don't, I think the Dora Milaje as badass female warriors. I think that's enough of a statement and they've already been around enough. Cause if you remember, Oh yeah, for sure. If you remember, they were also heavily um, used in Falcon, a winter soldier as well. The Dora Milaje. So I think all the pandering and everything that you're worried about. I mean, I think of, I think of um, the Gwen Stefani song at the end of captain Marvel. I think of the, <laughs> I think of the A four shot at the end of Avengers Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think that Ryan Coogler has only proven to be a, above all that, and 
Um, I think we're going to get the best possible Ryan Coogler movie inside the Marvel. And I mean, I've seen a couple of clips released that you can look up the Jimmy Kimmel interviews with the three primary ladies. And they showed one clip that I, I teared up sitting right here in front of you watching because uh, it was Lapita Nuongo and um, uh, Denai Guerrero talking about the death of T'Challa in the movie. And uh, it was very moving. Um, so I think the, the heaviness and the grief is going to be there, which is important. And I think it's just going to blow the roof off of uh mcu phase four i mean it well it wouldn't be hard uh here's the thing i think marvel has had enough misses now to where they really need i don't know if they need a win but i think they need a win for like I think my they fandom need a win. yeah okay yeah i mean i i think it, from the fandom perspective i mean of course they see all the dollar signs and you know Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, super successful. Thor, Love and Thunder, super successful. But it's it's an attitude thing right now. And it's it, and it's just... They, they've got to know Phase 4 was just maybe experimental, but just not successful. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's just... It's hard to get hyped. As, as awesome as... Uh, what do they call the... the Dora Milaje? Yeah, the Dora Milaje, as, as like awesome as they are, can that drive a movie? No. To me, no. Like, they're great side characters. They're great sidekicks. They could drive a series. Sure they could. Um, but what I'm what I'm missing is, and what I'm like interested in is I just have no history with any of these characters mm. and maybe that's on me, but they're not like Marvel top tier characters. I mean, they are, they have been because of the movies, but like, I just don't have any history with these characters in the same way that I did with the rest of the Avengers. Um, I, I think that it's the, I think it's a grouping of great characters that were in a great movie, in my opinion, and black Panther that really just that I think that cast is so well rounded. It's not like no sure. It's not like the Thor movies where I don't really care about Cat Dennings and I don't really care about Natalie Portman and I don't really wait, have wait, a, wait, wait. I don't wait. really what? Don't you can't just say Cat Dennings' name like she's not it's something. Just, she's she's okay? she's a character. Like she's just like How com- dare you? she's like comic relief personified. I mean it's just like um she does several things for uh okay well for me okay the it's like one of those things where like i think the black panther cast the supporting cast are the greatest bunch of supporting cast characters in the entire mcu that aren't like really widely utilized in the rest of the mcu if that makes sense like yeah shuri's in infinity war or whatever but she's got like two lines and it's such a small part Denai guerrera definitely has more to do in infinity war but you know the the wakandans aren't really in any other mcu project yeah so we have like the smallest relationship with them but also i think being extremely lively in the one project they were in so that's Honestly, another reason why I am excited to revisit where all these characters are. Yeah, uh, we'll give, see what give happens. Me more <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm just afraid, uh, or this is just not. It, I think it's so hard without recasting T'Challa. Um, I mean, someone has to be Black Panther, right? 
Mm. Um, the, the idea is that pretty much all of the supporting cast will have an opportunity to play Black Panther. It's the, the theory that the marketing is showing Shuri as Black Panther. But I would, I would assume, and I kind of believe that everybody will be Black Panther at some point. I think everybody's going to have a suit. Even me? I think so. Could I have a suit? Can you imagine the horror of me in a bodysuit? Oh, camera? I, I thought you were talking about the horror of you being a white guy as Black Panther. I thought that's... <laughs> yeah. When When is there going to be a white Black Panther? <laughs> oh, God. I'm the, kidding. The thing uh, that I'm waiting for, get ready. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, two weeks before mm -hmm. this movie comes out. Um... The as seen in the trailer, the funeral scene for T'Challa, um, everybody's clothed in white. Um, so there are definitely going to be fans that, and I understand, there are definitely going to be fans that want to wear all white to honor and show respect to Chadwick Boseman in this movie. And there's going to be other sides to this where people come out and talk about how problematic it is that white people wore white to the Black Panther funeral. <laughs> and there's going to be stuff on the internet about it, I'm telling you right now. Um, I don't have a problem with it, by the way. I'm just letting you know that people are going to find a problem with it. And it's going to be just so America. Just so Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we'll see what happens. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm off Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked me the other day that, uh, I, you know what? It was one of our old friends, Evan DeGraff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking. He's like, yeah, people act like, um, you know, Trump is or uh, uh, Trump is far right and um, Bernie's far left. And I was like, no, my neighbor is far right. And <laughs> uh, Twitter is far left. Yeah. Now there there I'm sure there are uh conservative there's a conservative Twitter, but I have there not definitely is. I have not found that terrible cesspool. Um What's your algorithm? Gonna, well, no, I just never go on Twitter. Oh. I only went on Twitter during the whole Trump getting kicked off a of Twitter debacle, which was hilarious to watch. And I'm gonna be honest, I miss I miss Trump's tweets. Only because, yes, they were terrible, and I hate him. Yeah. And I've taught my children, when I say, hey, what is Trump? They go, trash. I'm like, that's right. Uh, good parent. But I miss, like, the craziness of him misspelling something. That's and right. then Twitter Co having a... Do you remember Kofifi? Do you remember that tweet? Oh, yeah. Kofifi? Kofifi or whatever he told you. Yeah, it's amazing. But even when he didn't... Con Kanye's the new Trump. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. <laughs> oh. well, hold on. Hold on. I Before we do this, I want to tell you and our listeners something. that are Especially because they're watching on YouTube. So I hooked okay. up I hooked up with a, uh awesome company that I'm an affiliate for now. And I want to show you what I got from this company. And I'm going to show uh, my viewers and listeners how they can get something similar. All right. Have you heard of the company Movie Palette? Uh, no. All right, perfect. Well, I've got a Movie Palette right here, and I'm going to show you. So this, yes, I have. You have seen this? I have seen things like this. Okay, so guys, I have a Movie Palette in my hand. This is a film. 
This is a movie. Now, do you want to guess what movie this is that is depicted Dune. right here in this framed art? Dune. It is the movie Batman. <laughs> it is Fight Club, guys. So basically what Movie Palette does is they take no. a film and now they're getting into TV series. Uh, they are taking a frame of these projects and elongate, taking the primary color out and elongating them. And from beginning to end, this is the movie Fight Club in its coloring. So, and it's on a beautiful canvas and they sent it to me for free and they give me a promo code. If you guys want to go to moviepalette.com and check out, they literally have thousands and I'm pretty sure there's even like a custom option too. It might take a little bit longer, but basically any movie that you're a fan of, you can look at it. There's like two schools of thought. You can either just get like a movie that you're passionate about or a movie that you're into, or you can get something that of course you love, but also goes with the decor of your room. So whatever you guys want to do, like I, I went through this and really thought what I wanted to do. Uh, Cause some of them just like look incredible, but didn't necessarily match. Ultimately I landed on fight club. Cause I feel like fight club is the reason why I'm here talking about movies to begin with. So it just felt ceremonious <laughs> that I get fight club and have it in my hands. But anyway, guys, if you want to go to moviepalette.com and use the promo code rewatch, one five rewatch 15 that's to get you 50 percent off a of movie palette and it supports me and eventually brando if it supports us enough uh <laughs> movie <laughs> go to moviepalette.com and use the promo code rewatch one five rewatch 15 go check out movie palette there's thousands of options go get you one uh they're pretty cool and it doesn't have to be that size you can get different sizes so it doesn't have to be big i haven't hung that up yet because i'm about to move so I don't think it's going to get hung up, but I'll definitely talk about it and show it to you guys. Um, yeah. It's, all, it's also going to be shown in the misery watch along that comes out on Monday. I'm going to get one based on the penultimate episode of house of the dragon where it's just black. The whole thing is just black. Um, that, that's be a incredible. good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Get, so, get the long night. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, so you said that you're here because of the movie Fight Club. Number one, there's not enough green in that yeah. thing that you just showed. This is this is mostly green, actually. It might just be oh, it, is. it might just be the webcam. Gotcha. Yeah, it's extreme. Okay. It's more green than I realized, actually. Gotcha. Well, you know, that makes sense given Fincher's penchant for green. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I think now is a great time to ask this question of you. All right. So we we talked just a little bit about Game of Thrones there. Nice mm -hmm. transition. Have you done a rewatch of Game of Thrones? I've done multiple rewatches of Game of Thrones. Are you talking? How you're, many, you're asking since it ended, right? Yes. Yeah. I've done How multiple. many times have you watched the series in its entirety? Since it's ended, I think twice through. Okay. So here's and and what do you think? You still think it's great? The series is great. The final season My, is yeah, not. That's right. That's right. Now, are you a where would you put if you if House of the Dragon had to be inserted in Game of Thrones? Which, where would it rank in the seasons for you? Um, I I do 
respect the question. I think it's apples to oranges, but I'm still going to go with you because I can do this. I think that House of the Dragon would probably fall... Let's do Game of Thrones seasons like probably one through six or two through six. House of the Dragon, season seven, season eight is is probably probably where now really yes and can i get my reasoning yeah i'm excited okay so this is something that i think you and i have understood since the beginning of this show and i think we even talked about it in the mid-season meetup um the fact that house of the dragon definitely has its own pros and it definitely has its own cons as well but so does game of thrones but the thing about game of thrones is that it's so wildly dynamic as a television show and i i'm purely putting house of the dragon in that slot based on this dynamic point the fact that when you watch game of thrones you have so much understanding and context um of westeros of factions of different characters you know you can either be in king's landing dealing with uh um, the uh, oligarchy is that what it, whatever wh- whatever it is that you can be in King's Landing dealing with government issues dealing with Westeros or you can go over here to a coming of age story with Arya Stark trying to find her way through the world or you can go to Jon Snow who's learning about this uh, foreign tribe up in the north and you it's so much more dynamic it's a million different things while being Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon is just different by its DNA and I don't think it has to be that but it's just my preference and while why I think it's a little bit more interesting to me yeah you know I actually have liked how singular and dude by design it was this way but how singular in approach this was and how much we got to spend Mm -hmm. with these characters all together um I am wondering how the money for House of the Dragon season one compares to season four of Game of Thrones. Like, what were the budgets? Are they Uh, similar? Is House of the Dragon more? House of the Dragon definitely has to be more expensive than probably... I would say like season four is the cutoff. Like when they really started doing those big battle sequences, uh, which is probably four, I think, because that was Watchers on the Wall, I believe. Yeah. Um, I would say House of the Dragon's budget without literally knowing. I mean, I can look it up, but House of the Dragon has to be more expensive than the first half of Game of Thrones. So this is what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know why. He, he, here's what I think. I think House of the Dragons is top tier Game of Thrones. Yes. Like, I I think it's among the best. And just because you listed seasons one through six and then House of the Dragon, seasons one through six of Game of Thrones are excellent. Yes. So it's up there with, like, royalty. Um, at the end of this season, I I love this show. It's got some issues for me. Um, mostly with casting. Um, as soon as we got Emma Darcy, I was disappointed. 
I thought the first Rhaenyra was so much better. Millie Cox, is that her name? Millie Alcock. Yeah, same thing. Um, she was incredible. And I feel like we got a neutered Rhaenyra when Emma Darcy took over. Now, Emma has done some good things. Don't get me wrong. She just, for me, it didn't have the same magic. Now, Olivia Cook, I remember saying, oh, I'm going to miss this. Uh, That's right. This Queen Allison. No, I was wrong. That's right. And the, the old you. Queen Allison, the old Queen Allison was fine. Yeah. But Olivia Cook, my God. That's right. She's just hit after hit after she can play a girl in a wheelchair or Allison Hightower. Okay. She's got some diversity there. Uh, yeah. I thought, I think, you know, I'm, I know that you think it's silly, but I think Matt Smith is my favorite doctor who, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> spent any time with that. Do- it doctor doesn't who, seem like it would. Doctor who doesn't need me. They're they're fine over where they are. I, it, they <laughs> don't right. need they don't need me. It's okay. Just Matt keep, Smith keep doing what you're the doing. The first time the first time I saw Matt Smith in a uh, a wig, the Targaryen wig, I was like, "Silly, that's silly. That looks wrong." Yeah. Um, but my God, I think the character of Damon is played so excellently. You root for him, even though he's a scoundrel. Um. Or at least I did. I was like, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm interested to see the dynamic of those two going forward. Mm-hmm. But I thought it ended on such a high note and you knew it was coming. So in the last scene of the final episode of House of the Dragon, when, you know, old dude's about to lose his life, the dragons are like chasing each other and one eye aimed is uh, being one eye aimed. Mm-hmm. You knew it. what was going to happen. As soon as you saw him exit that throne room, everyone watching, I mean, they've, they're following such a formula. You know he's not going to live. Um, but the way they did it was so incredible. The very last scene of Rhaenyra turning around and her face is different now. I mean, it's all paint by numbers, things that you would do, but it was done so well I didn't care. Right. You know, um, I think I think as a whole, uh, House of the Dragons is top tier Game of Thrones. I would put it. I think you're probably right. I think, you know, the first six seasons, because what we don't get in House of the Dragon is the humor. We don't get, you know, a diversity of even though it's the most like probably uh, racially diverse Game of Thrones has ever been. Uh, I do think like, yeah, I miss the diversity of stories and scenes and places and whatnot. Are you on a time crunch? No. You just flew through everything on your own. I'm amazing. No, it's been a while since you podcasted. You just did the whole thing. (laughs) What else is there to say? Don't be mad at me because I'm good no (laughs) finally i get a word in here uh no i think that 
when it comes to Game of Thrones, and and I think this is totally valid. I I, I played the wait and see game when it came to the recasting conversation and when it came to the time jump conversation. And now I think it's totally valid to bring up these things. And I think, as expected, those are the two things coming out of the finale that everybody is talking about. Just like, how did this work? Exactly. How did the recast work? How did? And there's some weird recasts. Like when um, the two Targaryen boys, Aemond and Aegon, were recasted and they changed the sizes of them and it, it, they appeared different ages. And like, I understand that confusion. But what I will say, and you know, not everybody's like this, but I knew about the recasting early on. So I expected it. Like, even my stepdad and my mom kind of fell off after the recast. Which, which I, I oh, kind of really? thought it was weird. Like, it fell off in the sense that they weren't watching it weekly. So now they're just like, oh, we'll get around to it. I kind of thought that was weird. Because, of course, I understand attaching yourself to the the original cast of the first five episodes. And then getting to episode six and being like, oh, this isn't the same. Of course, that's your gut reaction. But you also, I feel like, zoom out. You're just judging this cast on one episode when you judged the previous on five. Like, it's not... Right. You don't at least finish the season if you like it. Like, I think it's an incredible disservice, and I I don't get falling off of the show specifically for that reason. I think that's... Honestly, I think that's kind of a joke if people did that. Yeah. But, but also, the viewership tripled. Did you know that from the because it was like roughly like 10 to 12 million the first episode when we first sat down and the finale was over 30 million. So only more people watched it. I uh, thought the first episode of House of the Dragons had 25 million viewers. That's what I read. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but, it, but the viewership increased. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Without having it um, in front of me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th I think that... Uh, I feel like you kind of understand and maybe you have concerns about that kind of stuff too, but I also just kind of chalk it up to the category of things that I expect from game of Thrones in terms of like, I remember what it was like watching the, the original series and being confused because they weren't holding my hand. So I was way more comfortable um, this time around because I thought it was more difficult to watch Game of Thrones when I first came in because I didn't understand it. So it's like, I think Game of Thrones informed how I was watching this. And so I didn't, you know, in all honesty, I accepted being dumb. And I accepted that the show was just going to do this own thing and I was going to have to catch up. And uh, I was totally fine with it. Yeah, I, the time jumps never bothered me. Um because all it would take is like one thing said where they like Rhaenyra, Queen Rhaenyra or Princess Rhaenyra. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's who that is now. Right. And that was it. Um, I like the fact that they didn't hold our hands too much through those kinds of scenes. Um, and I yeah, I think if if anyone watched House of the Dragons and was like, I'm done. I'm not watching the end of this. You're stupid. <laughs> you are a stupid person with uh, yeah. baby viewing. Well, you know, I mean, you know that again, and I kind of forgot this and I don't know why I didn't expect this. And this will be my last point because we'll have to start a new thing. But um, I uh, th there's Game of Thrones fans that have problems with uh, how they've interpreted this material, which is which is hilarious to me because this is, is it because of books. It is. Well, then they're 
watch it, Brando. They are idiots. Because if you think that you have to be beholden to a book that includes very little or no dialogue and like it's it's basically a history book relax again i say this you know i have the privilege of not having read the book and not caring about the book but i mean it's just like literally one of those things where i get it more if it was like the original books but yeah the fact that fire and blood is just already just a more of like a i shouldn't say matter of fact because i think what when you're adapting something and I think what the showrunners want to do and they, they talked about it in the scene, I think it was episode three or four when Damon kind of murders his wife. <laughs> in a, kind in a of, yes. Kind uh, of. And you know, that's not something that was in the books. Um, like I believe in the book, the line was just like, she died and they were like, I thought it would be awesome if we rewrote it. And it was at the hand of Damon. And I'm just like, yeah, like it's a great scene. What a cool way to add. Yeah. To what a cool way to add to that character. And also the fact that like, I love the unreliability of history and rest Westeros. Like there's even, right. there's even scenes in game of Thrones where they kind of talk about the things that are discussed in the Targaryen civil war. And I love the idea that like, we have the opportunity to actually like solidify and recontextualize what some of those legends are, because that's, how history works so right i just uh so it's even sillier than i thought at the uh than game of thrones when people got upset about the books um i think it's cool and um i think at the end of the day all i really care about is how it works in the tv show and i mean we we had the mid-season meetup where we talked about it but i mean it looks incredible the amount of detail and the work that went into this and the fact that it feels like game of thrones it doesn't feel like an ugly stepchild of a game of thrones ripoff or a like it fits right in while also being its own show entirely yeah um and i just i I just respected it i had conversations with ernesto about it because ernesto didn't know how he felt week to week with the time jumps and everything too and i i just chalked it up to like this is just the story they want to tell and the recastings with the kids, especially, I mean, I didn't really think too much about it because I didn't care about the kids anyway. It's I, I all, it always came down to Viserys, Alicent and Rhaenyra and Damon. And as long as I appreciated the portrayal and as long as I appreciated the arcs and everything and the fact that like, I understand the show set up this just generational story. I don't know if it quite got there entirely, because I do think it's those original four story. Um, and I think next season, I'm going to expect to go all in on the kids. Like, I get that, but I didn't need it this time. So the fact that they were just bullet pointing um, to get to this general idea of what the show and story is, I, I don't have any complaints. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, and I think... um because of number one i never read any of the books Mm -hmm. because i you know i'm a modern man okay and i don't need uh words to tell me how to think uh and so i i think the 
unreliability of history, which history is always uh, written by the victors. Mm -hmm. So it can say whatever. I thought that was a really interesting way how Damon killed his wife. Because it doesn't go against what the book says, technically. Right. It says she died. Yeah, unexpectedly, like, yeah. So who cares? Mm -hmm. So if you if that's your problem with this, you're dumb and you don't deserve it. So stop watching it. Um, I also think that the show has done such a good job of character. It's and and we've talked about this in the mid-season meetup uh, when we also talked about that other fantasy show that I still have not finished because I could not care less. Uh, Rings of Power, I which I called. Either. I mean, it, it appears that critics aren't aren't uh, aren't necessarily praising it. Um, and anyone I've talked to about the show, even if they're huge Tolkien fans, hate it. So I'll tell you um, what, I'll tell you what I, when I was in Kentucky, I was talking about house of the dragon and rings of power and the people that were there, um, dug rings of power way more than I, I, I had heard people digging rings of power. It was weird. And it, cause was it, it Eric Mulder? Um, it was, it he was, doesn't se- count. it was several people. I don't actually even remember Eric even talking about it, but it was several people yeah. that I, and I think even Phil, um, Phil told me that he thought House of the Dragon that the characters were a little one dimensional, and I couldn't believe it. I was I I was so shocked. This uh, just shows you've always chosen your friends poorly, <laughs> and none of them can be trusted. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just ridiculous. Uh, that those two shows are spoken about together because it's not fair. Um, one of them is a master class. And one of them is a waste of a billion dollars. And I'm going to let you decide on what's what. But yeah, yeah I just think I, looking back after this, this watch of House of the Dragon, I don't know when I'll do another rewatch because it's still it's still so recent. Um, and here's my fear. I do have a fear that it's not going to be as fun of a rewatch as game of thrones is i could see that because of its singular focus on this story yeah i could see that i so, think i think the yeah it's going to be more i always like re-watching shows with people like i've i've been loving yeah. since i've lived in arizona showing ernest of all these things and being there um i think house of the dragon is more of like a show that i still love to recommend and talk about with people but yeah it's not as exciting to watch um over and over again in that way. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, but I'm I'm so bought in. I can't wait for season 2. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully Millie Alcock will be old enough ah. to take over. Well, Rainier not that. Again. I just hope we see flashbacks. I would I would love yeah, to see great. that. I think I, I would love to see that younger cast come back. I think that'd be really cool. Um but they also said that um so season two the time jumps are going away so good but again we've already set this precedent of a cast so i think flashbacks i'm not i'm not counting the concept of a flashback and a time jump by the way yeah uh, so t- i think time jumps are done but also i invite 100 percent flashbacks 
I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, there's no reason for flashbacks or flash forwards, because if you've read or know what's coming, uh, this ain't going to be a long story. Like, I'll be shocked. Uh, I'm in, really I intrigued. Four seasons is what we're doing. I think. That's what's planned. I think so. But it might go past these characters. Like, I would love for House of the Dragon to eventually get into Mad King territory. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, the only other thing I'll say is I had told you at one point that I was like listening to two podcasts uh, about House of the Dragon every week. I ended up, I hate the official podcast of it. I think Jason Concepcion and his castmates are annoying. And so I ended up going over to the ringer mm-hmm. and listening to talk of the thrones. It's much better. They're funnier. Um, they're better at what they do, I think. And it's not so handholdy by HBO so they can say for the most part, whatever the hell they want. Right. Uh, and I enjoy that much more than like, some of the things that were happening on uh on the official game of thrones podcast uh so if you're out there and you need other content other than what we're talking about right here which how dare you how could you um definitely check out the ringers not the official it's just not not as good i could see that i I didn't listen to any house of the dragon podcast i'm not interested in it and i think that's another thing that separates it from game of thrones because i listened to binge modes game of thrones on episodes years after the episode aired like i was super into it to game of thrones podcast on rewatch out of time and um but i have no interest in it i mean i I like the behind the scenes stuff on on hbo and everything but um i didn't really feel the need to do that but also again just to kind of put our stamp in this like an amazing prequel companion series i mean yes the fact even going back to like Marvel, you know, it's like all oh, it was all the disappointment that I felt from project to project, and like the fact that we can have a Better Call Saul with our Breaking Bad, and then an El Camino, which I think makes Breaking Bad arguably one of the greatest franchises of all time, and nobody really thinks of it like that. Uh, but I mean, the success they had from medium to medium, let alone show to show, I think it's incredible. Um, I've never watched El Camino. How do you feel about that? Um, I think that's a little strange and you should, it's just, uh, okay. Just the nice little pocket Western movie and you get to see characters that you love. And it's, it's a, it's a great epilogue to that. show. It's a member Barry show. And, uh, it's oddly a movie that I've rewatched. Like I've seen it like three times. Like it's, it's just a part of my breaking bad rewatch, but sometimes I just get in a mood. And I want oh El Camino that Clint Eastwood movie where he takes that little Filipino guy and they just go not and... not worth the joke I, I just <laughs> not worth uh, but anyway just a, an incredible incredible sister series to Game of Thrones and um, yeah. and I'm also excited about the Jon Snow show like I, are I, you I, excited about it I am why. Because I, I'm way more comfortable with the idea of adding to, you know, a, a month after Game of Thrones ended, and if you had said, hey, how do you feel about more Game of Thrones coming? I would have groaned so hard and probably tugged in my testicles. But now that we've had a wildly successful entry, um, I'm, I get it now. I, I think they are so not 
over. I think they're very aware of what Benioff and Weiss ended up doing to their show, and they're not going to let it happen again. And and also, oh, the fact, I do think they will let it happen again. I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any way because all the cast and the fact that Kit Harrington is coming back to play Jon Snow and maybe Maisie Williams, like all those people know that Benioff and Weiss fumbled. So I mean, sure. that's, even the guy who played Varys and a lot of the other actors infamously talk about how disappointed they were with Game of Thrones ending. So I just don't think there's any way that it's going to happen again. I mean, I, I'm not saying they won't vary um, in degrees, but just getting bullshit, I don't think we're ever going to get. And also House of the Dragon. Even the, the, even the technology. Yeah, okay. Uh, even the technology that um they've implemented i mean the fact that they used the the volume um in a lot of these scenes better than game of thrones or i'm sorry better than uh star wars has i mean the fact they're they've crushed uh using the volume compared to what other franchises are doing i just have way more faith uh, so go ahead john snow okay his his ending in Game of Thrones was some people's least favorite, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't need him to do anything. Like, again, my critique was in the execution, not what happened. So the, yes. the way the story ended was not the problem that I had with the show. It was the, the its execution. So yes. if, like, my problem is we have a bunch of Jon Snow fanboys who are upset because of the story, not the execution. And I think they're stupid because I don't think it matters, right? Like, sure, you want what seemed like the main character of the show to do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it none of that mattered. So I'm wondering, I am interested if, because we all know Jon Snow is a, has been a liar about the wall, right? Like, he... He's left the wall. He doesn't really care about the wall. It's not about the wall. So if the story continues in an interesting way, cool. But if it's just like nostalgia berries for Jon Snow fanboys, that's what I'm a little afraid of. Because giving the people what they want might just mean that Jon Snow becomes Princess Leia in the second trilogy to where like Jon Snow can just do everything um or he comes back to life like he's already done it once mm -hmm. uh so yeah that that's my fear with the show but I it, of course it'll be good to see fit Harrington okay see what I did I put an f for fit because he's so sexy it'll be good to see fit Harrington on screen again um not I, in a stupid Eternals movie I also expect the Starks to be back. You you have to. It, it doesn't matter what Brando Hall thinks. You have to bring Sylvie Turner back to play Sansa. No, no, you don't. You have Please to. don't yes, do that. Do. HBO. I know you're listening. She's the queen do of not. the north. You nope. have to. She's she's the queen of hell. <laughs> and I hope that Ramsey comes back from the dead. Stop. No. Do not do this. All right. So feeds her to his dogs. Stop. So. Um, no, I'm I'm so I'm rewatching Game of Thrones season one right now. Oh yeah, and I've doubled down <laughs> on my Sansa Stark hate. Okay, she's the worst. Oh, I'm on man. episode four, and I just hate her. Yeah, 
And I love what Sophie Turner's done since Game of Thrones. I think, I think maybe it's not Sansa that I hate. It's Sophie Turner. Um, so yeah, there you uh, go. You need to take it easy. Um, I, am I canceled? I'm looking. One though. Um, <laughs> where's Ashton Kutcher? I have a few more things that I kind of want to run by you. I mean, honestly, since we've been apart, Brando, so much shit has happened in the past week. It's crazy. I'm excited. I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but um, I want to hear your take on this stuff anyway. So Black Adam is terrible, by the way. So did you see that I walked out of that film? (laughs) I did. Uh, Mm. So here's my question. Is the movie bad because it's bad? Or is it bad because... So I've seen a bunch of memes about power, power dynamics, and I don't care about any of that. Yeah. So is the movie bad from a movie-watching experience, or is it bad if you have fandom for how superhero films are supposed to be done, blah, 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 blah? Both. Okay. It's a terrible film and a terrible superhero <laughs> film. Is, is The Rock done? No. Do people like it other than you? It's you know it's this this narrative that the the Rock um, makes movie for the fans, and that the fact that there are fans who definitely are on board with this movie uh, will make it successful. And there's going to be a Black Adam too. No, I mean there already is, and I think it's in development already. I mean it's, but it's a bad movie. It's yeah. really bad, but it, it, but if it feeds multiple things, it's somehow this weird DNA of this is where the DCEU is moving forward while still also implementing the Snyderverse. So it has both camps. It has the people that want to move on into something new and something fresh in the DC universe, but it also has the Snyder stuff in it. Like when you watch the movie, it still has slow-mo and epic action. And there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the cinematography and everything is Snyder-esque. Um, it's not like a copycat, but it's definitely there. Um, yeah. Kind of in a way that Wonder Woman still has Snyder-esque stuff, even though it's its own thing. Um, and then um, also... The fact that obviously The Rock is like the people's champ because he got Henry Cavill to come back. I mean, it's this weird hodgepodge of like serving so many factions. Wait a minute. Henry Cavill is in this movie? Yeah. As Superman? Yeah. He's back as Superman officially. He is Superman. Uh, There's a Man of Steel 2 in development. Heck yes. Mm -hmm. Is that sarcasm? Not at all. Yeah. So here's a unpopular opinion. Man of Steel is a good movie. Like I like Man of Steel a lot. It was enjoyable. It did what it had to do. Any of the superhero fanboys, any of the Kevin Marks out there, like they're just dumb for not liking it because Superman would never do that. He's he, he's never gonna kill Zod. It's like chill out, calm down, get some uh, speech therapy. And stop it because it's a good movie. And Henry Cavill is a babe and a half mustache or no. And I, yeah, I, just, I, I, su- I support him. I, I don't like, I don't think Zack Snyder served him. Um, I think, I mean, he was sidelined at Batman. I mean, the movie Batman v Superman. I mean, he's the, that movie doesn't exist. 
I mean, he was completely sidelined. I mean, Zack Snyder so obviously just wanted to make a Batman movie uh, with Superman in it. But I mean, so I, I just think that it never served him. So I'm actually really like rooting for him. And I'm really excited about Man of Steel 2. So, so in the movie, are the people complaining because Black Adam and Superman fight and Black Adam wins? They don't fight. He's in the post credits. You can look it up okay. on YouTube. You can look it up on YouTube, though. Okay. Um. So... All this to say, I bring Black Adam, Black Adam up, not to review it again necessarily, but to tell you that this is literally, um, this past week, they gave DC, finally, its own studio. So DC is now DC Studios, or DC, whatever it's called, you get it. Okay. Like Marvel Studios is its own studio. DC is now finally... Instead of it, Warner Brothers making DC films, DC is a film studio now, headed for now, headed by Peter Safran, who's just a successful movie producer. I don't re- really have an opinion on him other than he's a successful movie producer. And James Gunn. No way. Yes way. So that's that's good news for them. I I agree. I think that Kevin Feige is such a singular anomaly. It's not really worth trying to find the next Kevin Feige and what DC did. And I think I think DC needs to have its own strengths. And the fact that you have one person who knows how to produce movies and you have another person who's a creative brain coming together, I think I think that's great. I don't think they need to mimic Marvel. I just think they need to find their own way. Um, and so James Gunn is also still going to direct. James Gunn might direct Man of Steel too. Like that'd be dope. So, but he, so he is allowed to direct. He obviously is just not going to have the time because he's a studio head now. Um, and I, that's never been heard of. I mean, I don't think in the history of movie making, as far as I know, a studio head has never directed a film. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, so all it's like this DC rebirth going on. And, and the, the reason why I like all of this is because, you know, I don't know how much you know about Warner Brothers, um, its new leadership. This guy, David Zaslav, who's been running Warner Brothers. I mean, he's the guy that's responsible for, like, canceling Batgirl and all these things that are Hell happening, yeah. that have been happening lately. And every, every time that I've come on here and talked about this Warner Brothers situation, I've been in complete defense of them. Because I'm like, they came in and just wrecked shop... A bunch of layoffs too, which is unfortunate, but also I'm not gonna act like I care. So it's like Elon Musk at Twitter. He is David Zaslav has, as far as I'm concerned, come in and made Warner Brothers better. And the fact that um, people complained, I never really got because he was giving us what we've been asking for all along, which is in the right ways mirroring and competing with Marvel and making it its own studio and not letting Warner brothers ruin DC properties. And like, I, I just think every move has been brilliant. I outside of DC don't care about the rock or his movies. I think they're nothing. Um, and I, I don't take away that he's charismatic and I like the rock as a celebrity. 100%. I think he's in nothing movies, but um the, fa- the fact that he has some say in this i i'm i actually get because he i think he's serving the fans i think him bringing back cavill is something to be commended but um i don't care so, about black adam so is black adam the first movie with dc studios 
Black Adam, it is not. Okay. Um, I was about to say, you literally walked out of that and you're still excited. Well, th- that was, yeah, that was made under the same leadership that we spoke previously. Um, but okay. it but it also wasn't a casualty in the way that Batgirl was. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, Black Adam was much further along in the production, so they completely would have just wasted more money. Uh, Batgirl was cheaper. So like, it's not like Black Adam was ever going to get canceled the way that Batgirl was. Um, gotcha. but, but I mean, also it's just a smart decision to definitely move forward with the movie that the rock is in, especially. So the Henry Cavill cameo, as far as I know, that wasn't decided until like two or three months ago. Like it was like, okay. a la- it was like a last minute, like we've got to do this because it came out that the previous leadership, um, basically refused to ever work with Henry Cavill again, which I think is stupid. Um, why? Because they're dumb. Um, Okay. But uh, so, yeah, literally Henry Cavill wasn't even allowed to be Superman until David Zaslav take o- took over a couple of months ago because it was new leadership. So The Rock could just ask again. And he said yes. So the fact that and there's like more uh, rumors that like they keep asking Ben Affleck to come back and like cameo. So like Ben Batfleck is going to be back. Oh, he always was going to be in the Flash movie whenever that comes out. But they've asked him to like come back for like Aquaman and a couple more things. So they're like trying to incorporate the old while being new. And I, I appreciate that. It, I just think it's smart. So yeah, Black Adam was in Black Adam was made in this weird transitional. But um, okay. I, w- I would say the first movie that's really going to like come out under this new leadership um, is technically Joker 2. Because as, as far as I know, I'm sure the script was written before this transition, but Wait a minute. the production of it, it's going to be probably the first one. Joker 2. Mm. Uh, like, yes. Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. No way they're doing that? Why? And guess who's playing Harley Quinn in that film? Margot Robbie. Lady Gaga. Dude, did you see that the mother of Christ, they they did a 3D mock-up and it looks just like Lady Gaga. No, but I'm going to look this up right now. I'm just kidding. No, there was a stupid like meme that someone posted that's obviously Lady Gaga. And like, <laughs> like the account that it came from is like, Big D's or or Dilf Daddy or something like that, and Christians got it, and we're sharing it, not knowing. <laughs> They're like, "This is what the mother like- of Christ would look like." Yeah. And Fantano made a video, and he goes, "That's Lady Gaga." That's that's, that's like Lady- reminiscent of uh, the meme Gaga. of like a, that's the meme of Obi Wan Kenobi where people think it's Jesus. That's right. Yes, yeah. a thousand percent. And I still think, like as a man of the Lord. If you showed a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi and put, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor's face on all those like weird Jesus, white Jesus paintings, a lot of people would not notice for That's a right. long time. That's right. Um, I have one more thing I want to ask you about, but do you have anything else on the DC stuff going on? No, I mean, I I think they've had so many start and stops, and I'm just wondering if the audience is still going to be there. That's the only thing is, like, are people going to care because the Batman happened, Mm. okay? And Robert Pattinson did a good job. 
So I'm just like with no more. Listen to me, DC. No more standalone films unless they're a part of something bigger. Right. Right. Like, just don't do it. And I still think it's wild that the Batman happened. Me too. Um, knowing that it was not going to be like a a universe thing. Not only that, but there's two, potentially three spinoff series coming. There's the Batman 2 coming out in 2025. Um, there's a lot coming from that. I mean, so like you just said, they're building and Marvel doesn't do this. And I'm glad. They're building yeah. multiverse. They're actually building a multiverse. They're actually saying the Batman and expanding it. They're saying Snyderverse and expanding it. The Joker stuff, expanding it. I mean, they're giving movies in different universes sequels. And I think it's time. I think audiences get it now. I think we're, we're sophisticated enough that we can follow along now. I, I Like, going back to the recasting stuff... And the you know in comic book films and the narrative like are people gonna get that there's two different Batmans? Is Ben Affleck the real Batman? Robert Pattinson? I like when the people like Collider and Schmoes used to talk about. Of course, there are people Who? like when people they used to have those conversations. I used to think it was so stupid because I'm just like, did you all forget that we we used to just willy nilly recast people from movie to movie? I mean, there were like four Jack Ryans in one decade. We literally just had Val Kilmer as Batman next instead of Michael Keaton. And then right after that, George Clooney. It's like, it's going to be fine. The The box office isn't going to fail because you recasted a character. It's going to be more than that. Anyway, um, yeah. the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, and then we'll head out of here, is uh, the fact that Damon Lindelof is writing... A Star Wars movie. So, you when when we were about the podcast, mm-hmm. here here's a, a a look behind the curtain. You texted me and was like, "Hey, do you want to talk uh, House of the Dragon and Lindelof Star Wars?" Yeah, and I messaged you back, "What's Lindelof Star Wars?" And you said, "Oh, let me Google that for you." <laughs> um, so I looked it up. Mm. Number one, smartass. But number two, I looked it up, and I'm like, I have no clue how to feel. I'm not excited. I'm not not excited. I am just baffled that Lindelof, king of the nothing endings, would get a chance to do Star Wars next. Uh. So I I like Lindelof. I like Lost. I think it's fine. I think it's good until the end. I didn't like the end. Because Lindelof is the king of, well, it's open to interpretation. What do you think happened? The the Lost finale is not open to interpretation. That is a complete fallacy that the fandom thinks because they, for whatever reason, just completely skipped the scenes that made it clear as day what happened. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, again, I've heard every explanation of it, and it doesn't make any sense, and so that that's you, why. You didn't like the explanation. Um, Not liking the explanation is different than they left it open. They left it open? And then no. he, the leftovers, okay, love the leftovers season one. It is brilliant TV. Leftovers season two, very good. Okay, leftovers season three, really good till the ending. No. Um, yeah, I'm correct. 
That ending uh, is so, better than Lost. Agreed. But that's literally so easy to do. Uh, so I'm really intrigued. Number one, he's only writing it, right? Correct. Okay. So that's good news. Hopefully they'll get someone like Colin Trevorrow. No. Or... <laughs> <laughs> or Lord and Miller. Um, you know. They'll get <laughs> they'll get a good people to uh, write this shit. Oh shit! Um, maybe you bowl is available. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I just don't know what to think about it. But I know you. I know you're a huge Lindelof stan. Who did you punch out of excitement when you found this news out? I think I was alone. Okay, and that makes sense. That makes I, a lot of sense. Go I, ahead. I, found out about it like a day later than when it was released okay. and i'm not really sure why but so i got mad at everybody basically for not telling me i like i literally couldn't believe nobody reached out to me to tell me this incredible damon lindelof news all right so there's a few things i want to unpack here so first of all damon lindelof is the showrunner of three of my favorite tv shows of all time um and I like his the movies that he's written to varying degrees, and I have opinions as to why some of the time, some of the time, they're not his fault. Um, and that people don't understand how screenwriting works in movies compared <laughs> to television. Um, yeah. But Damon Lindelof writing Star Wars specifically, the first place my mind went to is I remember when J.J. was given The Force Awakens. There were there when Star Wars was bought. I'm sorry, when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, every director and every you know filmmaker was asked if they wanted a part in Star Wars to play a role in Star Wars. Do you think you could get a Star Wars movie? Would you be interested? You know the way that everybody asks every Marvel or every actor if they want to be in Marvel. And Damon Lindelof, his buddy JJ, directing The Force Awakens, uh, he got a lot of these questions too. And he was working for Disney. There was a long time where they thought that the Tomorrowland movie that he did with Brad Bird, people thought that was a Star Wars movie in disguise, and it was it wasn't. So Damon Lindelof has been asked several times, and his attitude at the time was probably disassociated from franchise filmmaking because of you know how we completely destroyed him for. Prometheus and Star Trek but also he said Star Wars is already so precious to me that I'm not like JJ and I'm gonna enjoy being an audience member and I don't so it was almost just like he never considered himself to write Star Wars and I always respected that I always understood that so the fact that he's doing it now tells me a few things he knows exactly what the fuck he wants to do with this. Like he knows he's also seen cause he is a fan of this stuff. And I think he knows, I think he knows more than anybody how JJ messed up. Um, he doesn't have to carry it in the same way cause he's not directing, but I think he knows exactly what he wants to say and do in star Wars. After all this time, he has all of the examples of Star Wars under Disney gone right versus Star Wars under Disney gone wrong. And I also think in general, he's just matured as a writer. I think he's yeah. gro I think he's grown tremendously. He knows he's been through the ringer of Hollywood franchise filmmaking and seen what works. I mean, he 
the narrative of, of Lindelof is complex. Be even though the opinions don't necessarily change, like as Lost has ended, I don't know if more people have grown to love it. I think the same people who dislike it dislike it. And I think the same people who love it. I don't think the narrative around his projects changes. I just think his projects got better and he got better. I mean, he's coming off of incredible stuff. So I think his strengths are greater strengths. And I think he's grown and matured and he is probably more solid than ever in terms of what he wants to do. Also his co-writer is um, he has a co-writer, so it's not just him. Justin, Justin Britt Gibson is a writer from Counterpart. One of my and Jay's favorite science fiction. If you remember, Counterpart was a sight and sound staple with J.K. Simmons. And it was incredible science fiction. Incredible. So Damon Lindelof has a great writing partner. He's always had great writing partners with The Leftovers and Watchmen. I am really excited. I can't wait for the news a year down the road that he's out because Kathleen Kennedy uh, didn't like him. And, you know, they bring in Chris the... Terrio, who ruined Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Either that or they bring in like who they're going to be in a boardroom and who wrote She-Hulk? <laughs> that's the person that's going to get it. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. The director of the film is a director of Miss Marvel. Uh, I don't really have... Um, she is a Pakistani-Canadian filmmaker, so I'm not familiar with her work. Um, but I think that's... Because you hate women. Stop. But I think, <laughs> I think that... Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I think it's a much more yeah. creative decision than, you know, every other time they picked a director at Star Wars. But uh, I just think that I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm interested to see again. I won't be shocked if he's out after he turns in a first draft, but I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see he's done enough good stuff. You know, anyone who hates Prometheus is stupid um great movie uh but again uh, i'm just interested to see you know what actually happens yeah um well brando i think that kind of brings us to a close here on watch Diary. Mm. um awesome it was an absolute pleasure speaking to you again oh i love you more, um, bigger than the sky because it never ends before uh i kick brando off uh grab the qr code up here where is it up there? Yeah. Grab the QR code right there. Get a 30-day free trial of Audible on myself. Don't forget moviepalette.com. Use the promo code REWATCH15 or REWATCH15 and get you 50% off of Movie Palette. And let me know what you get down below. If you if you venture out, let me know what movie you got. Uh, I think that's... Um, they're a lot of cool to look at. Um, For sure. And um, that's it, Brando. Do Do you want people to find you online? Yeah, Brando Big Mouth on Instagram. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rewatch Ryan. Guys, thank you so much for your support on the horror watch alongs. Uh, watch alongs are not done. I just got to figure out what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll do like two a month and uh, just like watch movies that I think would be fun to do watch alongs for and nothing else. Um, thank you. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. Bye.